So we're moving through the shepherd, the valley, the table. <clears throat> Our first two weeks we spent on the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. He leads me. We talked about green pastures. We talked about still waters. Uh, we talked about the Lord leading us in paths of righteousness. And then last week we moved into the valley, which, which was kind of, you know, it's not always green pastures and perfect. Sometimes we walk, if you remember the terminology, through the valley of the shadow of death. And so, so we've been working on mottos. I'm, I'm going to test your knowledge here, test your um, paying attention during the messages. So we ha we've had three mottos so far that we get from Psalm 23. Today we're going to get the fourth, but let's go through them real quick from Psalm 23. The first one is this. What is it? The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is our shepherd, the only one that can lead us to life, the way we were created to live it. The Lord is my shepherd. The second week was? He guides my path. He leads us to what we need. He leads us to righteous living. The Lord is our shepherd, and he guides my path. I hope today you can say, the Lord is my true shepherd, and he guides me every step of the way. He guides my path. Last week, we talked about? I will fear no evil. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Today, here's your saying for the day. My cup overflows. Say it with me. My cup overflows. Say it again like you mean it. My cup overflows. So, so this is kind of an interesting part of Psalm 23 because we start in this great, you know, the Lord is my shepherd and he's leading me and everything's nice. And then we go into the valley of the shadow of death and we say, I will fear no evil even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But, but then in verse five, it, it says, you're gonna prepare, you prepare a table in the presence of my enemies. We're gonna get to all this in a second. But it's not like we've left the valley or the shadow, or the difficulty, but verse 5 says you prepare a table. And so let's, why don't you stand with me, let's read the whole thing, and then we'll work through this. Psalm 23, you can say it along with me, you can read it, you can sit there and let me read it, and whatever you want to do is fine with me, but, but, but we believe that, I believe that God wants to speak to us today, to you today. He's here, and His Word, more so than me or anything else, will speak. Um, so here it is. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Praise the Lord. Have a seat. What a beautiful psalm. Uh, so last week, I will fear no evil. Even though I walk, what was it? Through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. We talked last week about the fact that, that, that we're going to walk through tough times. We're going to walk through darkness at times. And, and, but, but we walk through the valley. 
and, and it's the valley of the shadow of evil. We, we talked about the fact that, that nothing can touch us if we are following the good shepherd. If he is our Savior and our Lord, nothing, the enemy can't touch us. It's the shadow of evil that, that, that scares us. So I will not fear that. And, and then but today we move into you prepare a table for me. Now, now my fear with, uh, my fear, that's a bad word to use when you say I will fear no evil. My, my concern <laughs> is that when we, when we look at verse 4 and we say, yes, we're going to walk through valleys, the valley of the shadow of death, I'm going to walk through it, even though we said I will fear no evil, I, I think sometimes we can get this view that all we have to do is walk through the tough times to get to the good times. In fact, last week I, I made a statement that I want to make sure and clarify. I said, I can walk through any darkness as long as I see what's on the other side, as long as I see the light. But sometimes, as Christians in the church, we can fall into this trap of thinking that life or trials or anything are just things that we have to get through so that we can experience God's blessing and God's goodness. But verse 5 is awesome because he says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And in verse 5 it says, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Sometimes I think we live life as Christians like this. Hey, in the good times, I'm praising God. Everything's good. God, you're so good. Oh, I'm going through a valley. I've just got to endure this. I've just got to grit my teeth and follow the good shepherd, and someday I'll get back to the good. Verse 5 says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Uh, Dale, run up here and help me for just a second. I want you to know today that the Good Shepherd has prepared a table for you today. Here's, thank you. Here's a table right here. You see a table, right? Everyone sees the table? Maybe you didn't see the table until right now, but I want you to know today that the Lord, the Good Shepherd, prepares a table for us. It says in verse 5, he's just said, even though I walk through the valley. Now, this is a little confusing because at one time we're saying we're walking through, we're not staying, and now we're saying that there's a table prepared. That seems like a, hey, we're going to stop and we're going to stay for a little bit. No. It, we've all got to eat, right? Even on a journey, we got to eat. Now, this says, Jesus says, the psalmist, David says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I want you to know today that God has prepared a table for you, for me, right here, right now. As real as this table is right here, God has prepared a table for us. Notice it doesn't say, God, one day will prepare a table. God, once you get through all the difficulty, will prepare a table. No, it says you prepare a table in the presence of my enemies. So here it is. Uh, another way to think of this, uh, the, the preparing of the table is an implication that we are invited not just to a table, but to a feast. So I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, 
And the good shepherd has prepared a table, a feast for me. What's on the table? It's not just a table. It's a feast. What's at the table? Come on, help me out. What's a feast look like? Food? All right, give me, get more specific. I know it's, uh, it's 11.32. You're going to eat soon. We're going to get a little bit hungry here. What's on the table? Turkey? I thought we might go the Thanksgiving route. I thought that might happen. So, so uh, you know, picture a turkey right here, okay? A big turkey, a big bountiful turkey. What else? Mashed potatoes, okay? Mashed potatoes are pretty good. What else we got? What's that? Cheese curds from B-dubs? Yeah, oh, that was me. I made that one up. Yeah, that's the best. What was that? Hamburgers? All right, Chick-fil-A. Okay, yeah. All right, God's chicken is good. We got that. Just picture. I mean, we got this. Listen, today there is a table prepared for you. Not someday. Sometimes as Christians, we live for the someday. Listen, God wants us to be at the table, the feast, today. Picture that I didn't put food on it because it would have been too tempting. There's a feast prepared for you. You are invited to feast today, not someday. I mean, you are invited someday to a great feast, but today there is a table prepared for you, a feast prepared for you. The promise of God's table is not just a future thing. It's a now thing and the future. It's a now and later. If you like those candies, it's a now and we have a table prepared today. And you know what God wants us to do today? God wants us to feast. God wants us to feast today. There's two elements to the table, right? What, what are the two elements? There's what's on it, which is what? What, Ben? Food. The food, the feast is on the table. That's one element to the banquet or the feast. What's the other element? It's who we're with, right? I want you to know that today the good shepherd has prepared a table with a feast, and the good shepherd is here with us and wants us to feast in his presence. Does that make anyone excited today? Absolutely. So, uh, so there's, the, there's the table, there's the food, and then there's the company. Last night we went to um, some friend's house, and it, it was a great time. We had great food. There was lasagna. There was all this stuff, and we sat down. Everything was delicious. But you know it was just as good, if not better, than the food? The company. This is a feast. It's not just that, it's not like we're sitting alone, dining. We are invited to a feast with the good shepherd. Are you ready to feast today? So the first thing I want you to, if you get nothing else today, I want you to get this. You are invited to the table, to the feast. Not just to cower. Sometimes we talk about, I will fear no evil because you're with me. And we get this picture of maybe us cowering behind the good shepherd trying to get through. Listen, God's plan for the church is not just to endure. God's plan for the church is to feast. Maybe some of you here today would say, man, I've just been making it through the days. I've been struggling and I've just been eking by. And maybe you'd say God's been faithful and has been helping me get through. But listen, today I want you to know, I don't care what you're going through, there's a table, there's a feast, and his will is for us, his people, to feast. Praise God. 
We feast. It says, you prepare a table before me. Then there's some, some words that are a little bit scary there. It says, in the presence of my enemies. So, you know, we, we got the feast. We got the table. But see, we've walked through the valley of the shadow of death. Maybe we're still in it. And there's this picture here that, that God hasn't gotten rid of all those other things. It's in the presence of my enemies. How can we enjoy a feast? How can we enjoy the table when there's enemies all around us? Have any of you asked yourself that question? God, I want to I wanna feast. I want to praise your name. I want to worship. But how can I do that? Because I see the enemies all around me. I hear them. And it's distracting, isn't it? One of my favorite uh, memories in ministry was, I think it was 2004, we moved to South Carolina. We moved there in August. And we got invited over to some people in the church's house. I was the youth pastor there. We got invited to these people's house, and it was around Christmas time. And so we had, like, the feast set up. I mean, the table was full of food, and, and people, I mean, it was the pastor and his wife, and Megan and I, and, and this couple, and we're all sitting at the table, and there's the feast there. And, and all of a sudden, something started happening that was kind of comical. Um, they had a bird, <clears throat> and the bird started chirping. And the lady that invited us over immediately became preoccupied or distracted by the bird. So here we are, we've got the feast, we're together in good company, we're hanging out, we're talking, and all of a sudden we hear a little squawk, and she, what'd you say back there? I'm not kidding, this happened. Like, what, what was that back there, Petey? I don't know if it was Petey, I made that up. But, but the bird is chirping, and the lady, right there at the feast, turns, stops paying attention to the feast, and starts talking to this bird. What, what, I mean, like, like it's a human being, and we're sitting there like, what's happening? We came to feast, and she's distracted by something away from the table. I want you to know that that's how the enemy works. See, we talked last week about, I will fear no evil, because the enemy can't touch us. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The enemy has nothing on us. So the strategy of the enemy is to distract us from the table, from the feast. And just as she sat there and had this conversation with the bird in the other room and was away from the table, sometimes we get distracted. By the way, that was not the weirdest thing that happened that night. There was a, there we got a lot stranger, but I, we won't go into that today. If you ever wanna ask me, I'll tell you, it's a great story. But anyway, but, but we're at a feast. He's prepared a table for us. The enemy's all around us. Our temptation is to get distracted. Sometimes we'll be sitting at the feast, all right, God, I know you've got good things for me. I know you've invited me to this table. Here I am. Oh, wait just a minute. What's that? We've got a problem. And two things happen, you know, with enemies that we make mistakes on. Sometimes we, we, we think, hey, hold on, God. Thanks for all this. Thanks for the turkey. Thanks for the burgers. Thanks for the cheese curds and all that good stuff. I've got a problem I've got to deal with. Stay there. And we get up and we try to handle our own issues. See, there's enemies all around us, and what the enemy wants is to pull you away from the feast, and we fall for it. Oh, I gotta deal with this. Oh, I gotta fight this battle. Is that not the most ridiculous thing in the world? What, what do we talk about week one? We are sheep. When we try to fight our own battles, 
Picture a sheep trying to confront a lion or a bear. We can't do it. Sometimes we try to fight our own battle. Sometimes we're just sitting at the table and something happens and and all we can focus on, you know, just nod your head with me if this has ever been you because this has been me. There's a feast in front of us. The Savior, the Good Shepherd is here with us, wants us to feast and sometimes all we can think about is the problems and the enemies around us and we dwell on it. Maybe we don't get up to fight our own battles but we sit here every day and we think, oh man, I hate that that's happening and we focus on it. And it distracts us from the feast, from the table. Matthew 6 says, Who of you can add a single moment or minute to your life by worrying? When we get sidetracked by the enemies, we can't do anything about it. We can't add a single moment to our lives. We just miss out on the feast. And that's not what God wants for us. We said last week, I will fear no evil. Why? Because I'm a big bad sheep and I can take on my problem. No, because you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. The reason that we fear no evil, the reason that we can block out the enemy is that our good shepherd fights the battles for us. We don't have to be concerned with that. Think about this. We talked in week two about the fact that you guide my paths. The good shepherd prepares a table for you in the presence of your enemies. There's something implied there. And that's that you have time, you have the ability to sit and feast even with all that going on around you. If God meant for us to fight our battles, he would have given us a sack lunch and said, on your way. But he prepares a table in the presence of our enemies and invites us to feast. Don't let the enemies, don't let the distractions pull you away from what God has for you today. Don't let the darkness Take your joy and your feast. God's got it. He's the good shepherd. I will fear no evil and I will feast because you are with me. Listen to me. God today has a a table for each and every one of us. And God wants to call us to a feast. And he's got it. Yeah, the world is broken. Yeah, there's junk happening all around us. We can't get along. We struggle. There's politics and all that messed up stuff and war. Yeah, it's terrible. But I got good news. We sang it earlier. You have no rival. You have no equal. Now and forever, God, you reign. You're invited to a table and a feast. And God's got this. No matter what you're going through, you're invited to the feast. So how do we feast today? Well, we gotta focus on what God calls us to, which is the table, the feast, the good shepherd. Maybe some of you today walked in here with a million things going on in your lives. 
Maybe some of you walked in here today feeling like you're being attacked in every direction. Maybe some of you walked in here today just with some uncertainty in your life, and you're tempted to put this on hold until you can endure that. Today, he invites you to a feast, to a table. You know, one of the hard things about being a pastor, I don't mean to complain, I, my, I have a great job. One of the small hard things about being a pastor is that like, when you guys are out having fun on Saturday nights, it's hard for me to have a lot of fun on Saturday nights because I know I'm gonna have to get up early and stand up in front of all you guys and talk to you for 30, 35 minutes, 32 minutes on average. I know that, that I, there's this thing that keeps me from enjoying myself to the level that I should because I know something else is happening. Listen, don't focus on the other, and, and by the way, preaching, not a bad thing. It's not an enemy. It's all good. But I just, I, w I want you to see that sometimes our focus gets off and it keeps us from the feast. Today, you're invited to feast. Focus on that. Block out all the other stuff and know that the Savior God is here. Just as you can see this table and I can sit at this table, there is a table for you today. And he invites you to feast. The next part of verse 5 says, You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. So let's talk about that first part. You anoint my head with oil. There's a couple different ways I've seen that translated. Um, people are kind of divided on it. If, if you take the, the shepherd route, um, that one of the practices of shepherds back in the day, or maybe even today, I don't know, uh, but, but one, of the, one of the problems, I'm, is everyone hungry because I've been talking about food? I'm gonna solve that right now. One of the problems for, for sheep is that they, they, you know, they, they get overgrown and bugs and flies and bacteria can get onto their face and burrow in and cause infections and nastiness. Everyone feeling a little bit better about like waiting for lunch now? That <laughs> didn't work for some of you, all right. Uh, no, that, that's, that's one of the problems that sheep have. They, they can't control that. And so one of the thoughts of this, you anoint my head with oil, is that shepherds used to cover a sheep's head and face in oil to keep the flies and the bugs off. It was a protection thing so that they could enjoy, they could feast, they could graze. Another view of it, and this is maybe the one that I, th I think is more accurate, is, is the banquet, the, the table metaphor. In that day, this doesn't happen as much anymore, but in that day when you would invite, when you'd have a banquet or a party and you would invite important guests, oftentimes you would take your most treasured guests and you would pour perfumes or oils on them as a sign of honor and respect. And so this says, you anoint my head with oil. Listen, I, whichever way you want to translate that, whichever way you think that's meant to be, it doesn't matter. Today, the picture is you're invited to a feast and you are the guest of honor and the good shepherd loves you and cares about you and wants to protect you and wants to bless you and so he anoints your head with oil. And then we get to these last three words and this is, these are the words, say it with me. My cup overflows. Say it one more time. My cup overflows. Listen, God invites you to a feast today. There's enemies around, but we focus on Him and His will today. 
And you know what the result of that is? That our cup will overflow. Let me tell you a really cool story from Scripture, Acts 16. Um, This is Paul and Silas. And Paul and Silas had gotten into some trouble. They'd been beaten, and they'd been thrown in prison. And so here they are. How many of you have ever been beaten and thrown in prison? Hopefully not many of you. Paul and Silas had been beaten, had they'd been flogged and thrown into prison. And so they're in prison, and they're there, and then at midnight, it says, they start praying and praising God. You prepare a table in the presence of my enemies. They had been beaten and thrown into prison, and at midnight, they're sitting at the table of the Lord, praising God, praying, because they're feasting. And it says that there was an earthquake, and everything shook, and the doors opened, and all of a sudden, the guards, the enemies, started to panic because they thought, oh no, these guys are going to get out and we're in big trouble. Paul and Silas are sitting there and they're praising God and they're feasting at the table and something really cool happens. A revival breaks out and the jailers come to know Jesus and they get baptized. A baptism session breaks out right there in the jail. What happens when we sit at the table, when we sit at the feast, when we feast and we're in his presence and we block out the enemies is our cup overflows. We are filled with his goodness and his love and his grace and his mercy and it overflows out of us and spills out to the rest of the world. That's God's will for the church. Did you know that? Sometimes, uh, Sometimes we can kind of be uh, curmudgeons or we can kind of be a grumpy people. I mean, all people can be grumpy. But sometimes I think as, as Christians, we forget that, uh, that we're supposed to be feasting and we're supposed to be overflowing with his goodness and his grace and his love. And sometimes we walk around because we get focused on the enemies and we're kind of miserable to be around. God wants you to feast today. And if you will feast today, he will fill your cup to overflowing. And people around you are going to see that and want that. They're going to say, hey, I don't know what kind of feast you're a part of, but I want in. God not only wants to bless you by meeting your needs, he wants to fill your cup to overflowing today. Two week, or a week and a half ago, last, I guess it was last Sunday, um, it was coming off of the Alabama-Tennessee game. Uh, Pastor Caleb over here, huge Tennessee fan. And I wish you could have seen at 7.45 a.m., I walked through that door over there, and Rocky Top is just blaring over these speakers. And he was so excited. I mean, this guy was just like on cloud nine. He was overflowing. He even did a Tennessee two-step video dance and sent it to the staff, which, by the way, we will release when we're ready. We've got that now. But, but he, he, was, he was overflowing with excitement and with joy. That's what God wants for his people. He wants to invite us to a feast today. He wants to fill us to overflowing to where we can't help but just spill it out. We're invited to a feast. I want you to say it with me one more time. My cup overflows 
Does anyone need to feast today? Anybody ready to feast today? I want to make a promise to you today that if you will sit at the table prepared for you, you will focus on the good shepherd and the feast he has for you, he will fill your cup to overflowing. The worship team is going to come up, and we're going to share in communion together. What better way to to respond to this than to come to the table of the Lord and feast. Jesus met with his disciples the last night he would be with them before he was crucified, and, and he started by saying, I've eagerly desired to eat this meal with you. Listen, today I want you to get the picture that the good shepherd is here, and he wants to invite you to the table. He wants you to feast. And he took the bread, and he broke it, and he said, this is my body broken for you. Broken, my body broken for you. Listen, your Savior loves you so much that not only does he lead you and guide you, he gave everything so that you could feast, so that you could have life today. He took the cup, he said, this is my blood that's poured out for the forgiveness of sins. And they shared a feast. Today, you are invited to that same feast. So here's what we're going to do. Some people are going to come up and, and hold these trays. And I, I know you don't have your elements yet, but they're going to spread out around here. And we're going to sing a song. And so I'm going to pray. And after I pray and we start singing, whenever you're ready, I want to invite you to come up. And I want you to grab the elements from up here. And then I want you to take them back to your seat. And I want you to sit down at the table. I know you physically don't have a table in front of you, but the good shepherd has prepared a table right in front of you, and he calls you to feast today. So don't miss this. Don't just take the bread and the cup and, you know, go through the motions. Feast today in his presence. Block it all out. Trust him and feast. Father, I thank you that no matter what anyone in here is going through, no matter what anyone in here has been through, no matter how dark it is around us, no matter how many enemies we see or hear, Lord, you call us to feast today. So I pray right now that each and every one of us, as we, as we sing and worship you and as we come and get the elements and we take um, you know, your meal, Lord, that you instituted, the Lord's Supper, I pray, Lord, that you would just help us to know you. Help us to sit at the table you've prepared for us today. Help us to block out anything surrounding and to trust you completely to feast. And I pray you would fill our cups to overflowing. Lord, we love you. We thank you that you're here with us and we give you everything we have and we feast now with you in Jesus' name. Amen.